You know, you were off on holiday, but while you were off on holiday... Oh, by the way, welcome to the Home Time Show podcast. Hello. You know you were off on holiday, but while you were off on holiday, you were ill. Yes, nearly died. Uh, I've got the same illness that you've had. Um, so what stage have I got to look forward to next? Because I feel like you've gone before me, you can tell me what's coming. Do you know what, right? Obviously, there's, there's, there's like, COVID out there and all that kind of stuff. It's not that. It's I'm, not that. I'm doing a test every single day. Got, it's not that. We got tested and all that kind of stuff. It's not that. But... Um, behind COVID is this other like horrible code, cold that I think any normal time in any normal year it'd be like oh my god have you heard about this cold but yeah. it's kind of like it's like if he's two people get into a fight in a nightclub it's like you know the, the one behind the big guy yeah. puts the boot in at the end that's that cold it's weird this morning right okay I did my I did my COVID test comes back negative again has done the last three days great fantastic but then because of that, you come away and you're like, oh, thank goodness, it's not COVID. It's just this cold. And as a result, the cold is getting away with the fact it's horrible cold. It is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call it the cry wolf cold. It's not fair, is it? Because you feel like in some way you've been kind of, you've created a storm in a teacup, but it's still a bad cold. We'll call it the aha cold, the cry wolf. Aha! Try not to worry now. A bit, bit too much. I probably don't have to ask this question. Do you are, you are you the kind of person that holds a ridiculous grudge? Yes, to the point where I keep <laughs> paperwork on it. I've got one ongoing at the moment, and I, I fully accept this is absolutely ridiculous. It's no secret that I love the computer game Football Manager. I take it way too seriously. I've I've wasted way too much of my life on it. Uh huh. At the moment, the, the game just gets better and better and better. I am managing in the game Stevenage Football Club. Okay, and you get little messages that pop up during the game every now and then um, from this character called Graham Wesley. Graham Wesley. So is he a real person? He is in real life a real person. He has managed Stevenage twice, but okay. in in the realms of the game, keep getting messages saying. Graham Wesley is questioning struggling Richie Firth at Stevenage Borough, saying that it's not going to be long until he faces the sack. And I'm like, right, Graham, sure, mate. But you, you showed us the stats yesterday, because you, you bring your laptop in with you each day and you, and you play it when we should be all concentrating, right? And you've had 30, was it 37 shots on goal? Like, only one, no, no, 37 shots, only one was on target, is Correct. that right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like, Graham, um, what's his name? Graham Wesley. Graham Wesley might have a point. There'll be another message that will come up a few days later and say, Graham Wesley is struggling the accuracy of the strikers of Stevenage and saying that Firth <laughs> is not the man to turn it around. And there's all these messages. I mean, it's not real. It's not... Graham Wesley's real, but he's not saying these things. It's a part of a computer game. And there's the ridiculous grudge. I've never met this guy. He's not even saying these things. Yeah. But I've got a grudge against Graham Wesley. It's almost like he's got it in for you as well, though, in, in the virtual world. Exactly. He's ruining your, your do you, life. Do you have a ridiculous grudge? Well, I mean... Can I say this? I suppose I can. There's an engineer that, that works in this building, mm -hmm. right? I don't know what his name is, mm -hmm. but I say hello to him every day as we cross on the stairwell, and he never says anything back. <laughs> and I hate him for it. And I want to, I want to call him out on it, but I don't know what he's, I don't. We've never spoken before, so I can't. Because like, you know, sometimes we say, "All right, hello, hi," hate it. So I'm always a bit awkward, and I say, "Oh, hi," and he he can walk past me <laughs> without even saying anything back, and I'm just left stood there on the stairs going. <laughs> He's done it again. Tom says, Greg Wallace, or other food critics, how are these people qualified to judge people? But veg is... Uh, veg? Greg? 
He does veg, doesn't he? He does do veg, yeah. Doesn't he do veg? Yeah. I just call him veg when I'm home. <laughs> it's certainly a shortcut. It is a shortcut. Um, going football manager's quite bad for, for um, creating fictional beefs with people, isn't it? This you know is I mean? the struggle that I have with this Graham Wesley character at the moment, yes. So, uh, obviously, you've got he's got it in for you in the virtual world. You, yeah. you feel like you've got a bit of an issue with him. I remember the, the, the football manager, remember it was briefly on consoles. It was on the Xbox, like, yeah. years ago. I, and, and one of the key things is never manage your own team that you love. I think you tried it with Arsenal I for a did. bit. And it's just you're too close to it. I remember uh, when I, when I was the manager of Everton when it was when Football Manager was on Xbox. Uh, Wayne Rooney went on strike, <laughs> and he wouldn't play. And I still kind of slightly hate him <laughs> to this day because of it, even though he's a legend for us. I'll never forget that, what he did to me. Ridiculous grudges, that's what we want to hear about. I've got a grudge against uh, some character called Graham Wesley who uh, keeps on popping up and having a go at the managing that I'm doing of uh, Stevenage on Football Manager at the moment. Is he, uh, has he got a point, though? Where, where are you with Stevenage? 12th. Is that, are, you, are the board happy with that? In real life, they're 21st. I think I'm doing all right. Uh, what, when you click on the bit with the boards, are they happy with you where you're at? Uh, uh, C, <laughs> C+. Plus. OK, if you're happy with C+, plus, we'll get <laughs> on to Graham and say to leave you alone. Uh, Chris says, uh, also, uh, someone I don't like in the virtual world is uh, Sergio Concisau. That's him, yeah. Uh, in Football Manager, the guy wouldn't leave me alone in the game after I called him out after a victory against his team. Uh, he spent months battering me. Every time I now see him linked somewhere in real life and not get the job, I chuckle to myself. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? So this doesn't just have to be sporting. Uh, it, uh, any ridiculous grudge that you're holding, uh, Jez, who's it with? James Martin, celebrity. Chef. Now he seems like a very affable fella. And what's what's going on here? I was at the uh, Goodwood Festival Speed in 2010, and as I was walking around the auto jumble, there was a lady there. She must have had about ten of these Triang Puff Puff trains, which are quite their size. Yeah. Um, I'll pick one up to look at, and I thought, well, I'll get that for my boy because he was sort of two and a half coming up for three. Yeah. And I just thought he'd love it. And literally, James Martin and his entourage swooped in, he snatched it out of my hand, and they bought the whole lot. So your, your beef with James Martin, the, the celebrity chef, is that he, he nicked a uh, Triang Puff Puff off you? <laughs> yeah. What is a Triang Puff Puff? What is it? It's, it's like a... It's, it's, it's a model... <laughs> It's a model train. So you, you've got absolutely no beef with his celebrity chefness. It's, it's, it's all over a model train. Oh, I can't stand the man anymore. I wish he had everything to do with him now. Do, do, he, was, he was such a rude man. I feel like we need to get you guys back together and just try to sort this out and put this to bed, do you know what I mean? Yeah, boxing ring would be good. Oh, dear, you've really got one for me, haven't you? Poor James Martin. Cheers, Jez. <laughs> Sharon says, I have a ridiculous grudge against American literary great Mark Twain. Not for any of his written works, but for his other offerings to human culture, the hook and loop fastener, featured on almost every brasserie in existence. Brasier, not brasserie. Brasier. Brasier. Um... The producer, uh, Rianne, wetting herself laughing at that one. Thank you for that. Uh, she goes on to say, As a reasonably well-endowed woman, I find myself cursing the name of Mark Twain almost daily as I attempt to correctly align those blasted little hoops of hell behind my back. And she adds, Why couldn't the man just have invented Velcro? Kat says, Someone needs to tell the brassiere lady that uh, you do the bra up round the front, then spin it round to the back before popping your arms in the straps. I've been doing it this way since the age of 11. Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of beef for someone already. <laughs> she had a ridiculous... Ridiculous grudge with Mark Twain, I do believe. Yeah. We're, we're after your ridiculous grudges. Uh, Darren, what's yours with? I hate soup. <laughs> you hate soup? Soup, soup it's, well, I don't understand why people eat soup. It's just, 
I don't eat it. I've never eaten it. I've never eaten it. I don't care what flavour it is. I just don't like soup. <laughs> Darren, I would suggest that this is just something that you don't like. For someone to have a grudge against something, the soup would have had to have done something to you. So if you were, like, once sat at a wedding reception and then soup fell over your lap, you would never have forgiven the soup. You might then have a grudge against minestrone or something. But yeah. to just dislike soup, is that truly a grudge? I don't know, but I just don't eat soup. It's horrible. I don't know why people do it. There's something bad happened to you in the past. There's something, something bad's happened to you in the past with soup, isn't it, Darren? Let's be honest. It must have done, but I can't remember what it is. Like that. For as long as I remember, I have never eaten soup. Okay, is there one flavour in particular that, of all the soup flavours that winds you up the most, gets you going? None. No, I just don't like any of them. Wow. <laughs> they're, all, they're all the same. It's just wrong. Is it a phobia? Maybe you've got a phobia of soup, <laughs> not, not a grudge, it's a phobia. No, no, I'm not scared of it. <laughs> I'm going to see if there is such a thing as Please a... be called superphobia <laughs> Phobia of, of soup. soup Here we go Superphobia Yes, come on You've got superphobia No, it's not a phobia No, no, no <laughs> So I've got a problem with our local cinema uh, if you remember, I was just saying the other day that uh, this turbo flu uh, ruined my week off last week. Yeah. I had a week off, was ill the whole time. And you know what it is for men sometimes, uh, when a man gets ill, it's much harder to deal with than, say, when a lady gets ill. It really hits. We are, it was very much like a Greek tragedy, me sat there on the couch last week. Uh, but here's the thing, right? I had tickets to go and see June, the movie June, that you've seen, yeah? It's so good. Brilliant film. It's I, so good. I read the book and listened to the audio book. I, I love the, the David Lynch one. This new version is supposed to be brilliant as well. So I had tickets to go and see it, and I had to give them up because I was feeling so poorly. Is it still in the cinema? Well, it's, it's just about hanging in there. Here's the rub, right? Uh, the only screening of June that I can get to before it finally disappears off the cinema, right, is uh, what is described as a mother and baby screening at our local cinema. Now, A, I don't really know what that is. Like, okay. I, I'm not, I kind of suspect I know what it is, but I don't really know what it is. Secondly, like, our youngest daughter is in nursery, eldest daughter's at school, so... I won't, have, I won't have a kid in the daytime at the point where they're saying that mother and baby, parent and baby, whatever. Mm -hmm. So can I even go in there if I haven't got a kid? Let's deal with your second point first. I think so. Do you... Th really? Yeah, I don't think... I don't think you're going to be... I, I might have this wrong, but I'm ready to be corrected. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be frowned upon if you walk in sans child. You reckon? But the thing is, like, with glasses as well, you know, the glint of the screen, it just makes you look like you might be a weirdo. <laughs> Someone's tweeted me a photo of Pee Wee Herman. And that's not fair. <laughs> but I just want a bit of advice. Like, what are these things? And like, also, if you're like a you're tired parent, do you want to go and sit through a, a, a three-hour sci-fi, you know, epic? Is that something you want to sit through with your kids? Once again, I might have it completely wrong. I'm imagining that maybe the sound isn't as loud as a standard screening because if you've if you've got a a, a child that is um, you know wanting to have a sleep you wouldn't want all the crashes and bangs would you so as long as you're happy with that it should be all right i like the i like the idea of that though like a, a turned down volume film i mean just so you can go and have a sleep even whether you've got a kid with you or not maybe just go there for a kid uh, a lot of people come really quite weirdly uh, trying to come up with ideas for me to look like i've got a child with me right yeah. uh, uh vampire sugar junkie on twitter says wrap a bag of flour in a blanket and stick a hat on it or something you'll be fine what Although, weirdly, uh, actually, the other morning, I dropped Thea, our youngest daughter, off at nursery yeah. in the buggy, and then I've got to do the walk home, but then I needed to get big milk, yeah. and those big pints of milk, so I put that in the buggy so it was easier to carry. And when I got home, because it was just like five, ten minutes' walk, I thought, people might think I've got, like, a milk baby. 
It's just a big jug of milk. Turn up to June with four pints of milk. See how you get on. Andy says on text, Bush, just no, don't do it. Don't go to the parent and baby screening. I went to one. It was horrible. No one is watching the film. Kids are crying, asking for the loo. The parents are holding child-rearing tip meetings. You'd have more peace sitting in the tube at rush hour. Just been talking about the fact that I think the only chance of me getting to see June now is a parent and baby showing at our local cinema. Wondering whether I can actually get in in the first place. Uh, Julie, you've got some intel for Bush. Yeah, well, I'm just going on my own experience from years ago. Um, me, my husband, my two kids went to the cinema. We picked the film. Uh. I think it was a, a 15. And he said to me, have you got proof of ID for your son? I said, well, no, because I know how old he is. <laughs> and he said, no, he can't come in without proof of ID. So I said, fine, we'll see something else. So my husband and my older son went in to see this film. We picked another film. And he said, that's fine, your son can go in, but you can't. I said, sorry. He said, it's a teen screen, you're too old. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of anything so stupid in my life. I'm too old to go to the cinema. Oh, my God, so you got barred. What what, what a stressful day at the cinema that was. You were barred from going into the teen screening. Yeah, so we went went bowling instead. So there's two examples then of them really sticking to the rules on this, which doesn't bode well for our friend here with the mother and baby screening. No, I don't think so, because for one, he's definitely not a mother. Thank you, thanks for confirming that. He's not far off a baby. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Final bit of advice then on this mother and baby showing of the movie Dune, which is my only chance of watching it now before it goes on to, like, VHS cassette. Uh, What is it like? What is it? Bit of intel, please. You've got Anna on the line. Tell us. Well, basically, yeah, the light is low, so you're not in the dark. <laughs> so they just put the lights it, on in there? Uh, slightly, and then you will just have the stand up as loud as you would normally. OK. So he can go, um, though? Well, I've never seen anybody on their own, though. See, because so. I've got a cagoule and glasses. I think it's not going to be a good look. <laughs> or you you could take a giant a giant doll, maybe. Stop people making up babies for me. Stop making up babies. I'm not I'm not making my own baby and bringing it to the screening. That's just weird. But, do you know what? I think they might just let you in. I don't know. They might just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Anna, thank you. I, 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 they might not, actually. This is just coming from my wife. Uh-oh. You absolutely do need to have a child with you to go to those screenings. Damn. I used to go with Rocco. They have to, they have to be babies, not even toddlers. Oh, I can't believe it. It's off. I'm not going to watch June. Number one radio station, number one radio show for conspiracy theories. Uh, last night I was telling you how I thought my car might be coming sentient. Uh, it's got that eco stop-start technology thing, uh, but it starts up of its own accord when it wants to get going again when we're in traffic. It's unbelievable. Could the machines be coming back to life? A little bit like the movie Terminator 2. Your evidence, please, this evening. We've got Sandra on the line. Sandra, what have you witnessed? Well, it's really weird. Um, my husband's work van... Um, when I'm in it, it's very strange. It's 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 all good for him because he's used to it. Yeah. But they picked me up one night um, during the winter time, and it was dark, and we were coming home. And to come round to our house, there's quite a few bends. And as you're going round, the headlights actually move and follow the road round. Oh my! Quite, word. quite weird. And the slightest drop of rain, that's it. Whiters on, that's it. So, so, so it knows when it's raining, it can predict the rain in many ways, and it's got eyes on the front that look round the bend like a human would do, or a cyclist. 
Yeah, I just want to go out and put those, you know, big long eyelashes on the headlights. I don't think he'd appreciate it. But <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you try like that, doing. Sandra, and see how that goes with your husband. <laughs> no, he'd hate that. He'd hate it. He'd get the Mickey taken out of him, something rotten. <laughs> no shortage of reports of machines becoming sentient. Uh, Simon says, I'm working at Stoke Mandeville Hospital today. Robot cleaning the corridors. Wow, so they're trying to get in on the like the ground floor. Looks like it. They they lure themselves, you know, lure us into a false sense of security by just like cleaning them that. Like those people who've got those little robots that go around, you know, the lounge and Hoover. Not just any cleaning, cleaning a hospital. We'll have goodwill towards that robot. Unbelievable. It's only when you start to think about it, you realise what's going on. Uh, Simo wants to talk about his uh, doorbell. Apparently, he texted earlier on saying he's, uh, one day uh, his doorbell owned the house. So we texted him back and said, please clarify. He says, regarding the doorbell, it happened in the early 2000s, just before we got into too much tech. Basically, the doorbell started playing different tunes morning, noon and night and absolutely no one at the door. Strangely, it didn't last long. One up to the humans. And we've got Mary on the line right now who's had a device implanted into her back uh, which has got a remote control. Sounds very sci-fi. We've got Mary on the line now. Mary, tell us about it. What's going on? So I've lived with chronic pain for many years. I've had medications, surgeries, pain management, everything, nothing. It relieves but doesn't help. And now I've been put forward to this and I've had a trial of it and where they don't insert the device, they just leave the device outside your body. But the cords go onto your spinal cord and then you have a remote control and you choose frequencies and it messes around with the signals that go to your brain. Wow, so you're almost like a bit of a cyborg then. You're kind of part human, part technology. Well, it will be tomorrow because tomorrow, because it was so successful with the trial, tomorrow they're going to actually insert it so there'll be no leads, no, nobody will be able to see anything or know anything and hopefully just live a pain... Well, I won't live a pain-free life, but it'll be a reduced pain life. Game-changer for you, Mary. How exciting. Yeah. I know. And, you know, I'm not usually, you don't usually get excited for surgery, but I am so excited for this one because... The trial was so successful, so I know it's going to be good. We're, we're, we're chuffed for you as well. Just one, one kind of weird question, and this is what's popped into my head yeah. while you've just been talking. What kind of remote is it going to be? Exactly the same question I was thinking. <laughs> big remote, like well, big big tiny. sky remote or little tiny one that you got for like an air no, conditioning unit? Um, probably a bit in between. It's not hugely big. But they're but going to give you more than one remote, surely? Because, like, I mean, just imagine if you have all this done, Mary, and then you lose the remote. I yeah. mean, where's well, my remote for I myself? To, I have to put it on the house insurance. Wow. You, you you need a holster, Mary. You need a holster to put your remote in and take it around. Yeah, or a bum bag. We're only talking about bum bags on this show last week. Well, the idea is, is you leave it at home. She's quite, <laughs> it's quite intent on leaving it at home, it seems. <laughs> Probably yeah, sensible. But, yeah, you plug kind of like a plate in and you just sit down at the end of the night and you just lean on it and it charges you up. Mary, we're excited for you. It's blown our minds. <laughs> and I, t- I think I might want to have one of those charger things for myself, actually. How I feel I sometimes when I got in from work. That's great. Yeah, so it's all going to be good. So I hope you enjoyed the show there. That's that's the podcast for you. You did ask, the, I didn't ask you a question. No. What have you got left to look forward to? Yeah, what's the next stage? The, uh, I've got a, a runny nose now. The worst bit, right? I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, my back started to hurt. Okay. Then I thought I was coming to the end of it, and then it suddenly turned around and piled on me again. So uh, there's, you've got some swings and roundabouts. So how close to death am I? I'd say for a fella on the couch, any second. Could happen any second.